welcome again to the Persuasion Lab podcast. I'm your host, Moeen Amin. The goal for this show is to help you improve your persuasion and sales skills. So we're going to have a range of experts on the show, and we're really looking for people who are at the top of their field, whether they are excellent researchers and scientists that are looking into the science of persuasion, or incredibly experienced and successful uh, business leaders, whether that's marketing, sales, entrepreneurship, all with a view to give you the most practical and powerful uh, strategies and tools to help improve and grow your own performance. And one of the things that we've been uh, talking about quite a lot is the situation in the recession and what does that pose uh, to, to you in terms of your sales and your business growth as well. So I'm delighted in that view to have our next guest on the show. Uh, and he's a returning guest. So he has been in the uh, software industry for over three decades and has held several sales leadership roles for both small and large businesses. He's currently the head of sales for Chai. He's also a fellow of the Institute of Sales Management, and he's considered a top 10 um, you know, thought leader in several fields, including 5G and cloud. He's also a top 50 thought leader in the AI industry. So an incredibly ex experienced professional here today. So I'm truly delighted to have him back on the show. And I expect that this is going to be an incredibly informative discussion. If you are worried about the recession and what that means to your sales performance, your quota, your potential, then this is the episode for you. So please help me welcome someone who has 395 glowing recommendations on LinkedIn about what an amazing sales leader he is. Uh, please welcome Mr. Ian Moyce. Ian, welcome back to the show. Murray, thank you for the invite. I do uh, appreciate it. And it makes it sound like I've got the answer to everything, right? And I don't. Um, you know, we, we, all, we all go through the changes in business and the outside impacts. But it'd be good to have a discussion today about what we're observing, seeing, thoughts, and hopefully uh, give your listeners some, if, if nothing else, some ideas or some uh, reconciliation that they're, they're not the only ones facing some of these challenges. Yeah, to totally agreed. I don't think anyone has all the answers, but if we if we create enough dots, then a picture is formed. So hopefully we can give people quite a few dots in that tapestry of their life. So why don't we start with the big question here? There's obviously a lot, the, the usual narratives you hear in a recession, right? And the, 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 the words that are being used in the media, et cetera, are raising that kind of FUD, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Mm -hmm. You've been through quite a few recessions in your career. So, so you've definitely got the experience. And more importantly, you've grown uh, sales performance during those times as well. So you've obviously done something um, that is different to how people perceive recession. So how would you advise sales professionals and leaders view a recession you, you can't ignore it right and you can't bury your head in the sand but i think there's a real danger like with anything of listening to the hype the news and woe is me and self create your own self-fulfilling prophecy of negativity that oh my god this is going to affect us what we're going to do before it's even had an effect i've had people sort of reacting that way when there's been no impact yet now, it's great to say, okay, some, there's something here that gives us some um, warning signs that we may have to face some challenges. Let's plan for that. Let's start discussing it. Great. But don't, it, you know, 
start going down the road of uh, tragedies coming, negativities coming, anxiety, you know, and and making your particularly your salespeople an anxious because, as we all know, engaging with customers, it, it's it's a people, you know, you, even if it's video, although we, we are going back to some meetings now, and, and some people have gone back more fully, it is people you're dealing with, and if you sense nervousness or worry or you feel that right you, you want to deal with people who are excited passionate yet yeah, realistic and they might they may have the discussion with a customer about well, how's this going to affect your business what's happening because we, we, if we're going to deal with you we're concerned of the you know you've got to be prepared to have the conversations but it's how you handle that the verbiage you use and the attitude you approach it with do you approach it with an attitude of we, you know, we're going to give it our best. We're going to fight it. Yes, there may be some things coming up, but let's have a go. Or do you approach it with, we're going to lose? You know, has the, has the England team gone out there thinking, we ain't got a chance in hell, what's the point? Or have they gone there with positivity? My, my son does it with football, right? They've lost quite a few games because they've shuffled the teams around recently. But he, I haven't once heard him say, oh, I, I don't want to go, we're going to lose today. It, he absolutely focuses on do you think do you think we'll win today we're going to score we're going to try something this something new it's all passion and excitement but with realism it, it oh, it's going to be hard or oh, crikey they're a good team you know but it isn't negativity of i've already given up before i started and that's the big challenge i think we face because there is so much negativity and we're seeing it now in the news of course of how bad how long's the recession going to last they don't know and you don't know how that's going to affect you or your customers, you know, it's a place to have a discussion about it and, and figure out what you need to do about it, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, I, I think be realistic, be cognitive of what's going on and listen, don't stick your head in the sand. But likewise, on the other flip side, don't let it bury you in negativity and woe is me and, and, and go down that spiral. You've got to stay positive and put your energy into what's going to make a difference now and f and plan ahead figure out and and be willing to be agile right if we didn't all learn that we learn that with covid how agile do we have to get quickly with covid and pivot and do all these wondrous things well this is just a different challenge right Co covid hit everyone you could look at covid was a recession for some businesses it was the biggest recession they've ever seen look at the airline industry right it, it switched them off I definitely want to go into the uh, details around the questions that you need to ask uh, of yourself and your buyer. And when I cover that in a moment, um, one question I want to ask around what you just described, which is how, how do you maintain that balance of, you know, staying positive or staying optimistic, but still being informed and still having to read what's going on, on out there because you, you kind of do need to be informed. So how do you maintain that balance between staying optimistic and being informed when the rhetoric and the narrative might still be negative? Yeah, I, th I think it's having, knowing your business, knowing your market and, and having a plan and a mitigation plan for what if, right? And it will be different for different businesses because, you know, during COVID incident or recession, whatever, whatever the, the outside effect factors are that you can't control, different vertical sectors, different businesses, different customer profiles will be affected differently. So, you know, there, there are some businesses in, for example, the pandemic that, that thrived. You know, if you're if you in hand sanitizer, boy, did, did you have, have something drop on your lap? So there are some businesses that survived, some that 
were absolutely put into standstill and others that pivoted. Look at the food restaurants that immediately, they didn't didn't go, oh, we'll have to shut the doors, people can't come out. It was, well, we've still got a kitchen, we still can produce food, they're still going to have to eat. Let's figure out, let's pivot this model quickly and and do things differently. So it's about looking at the, the landscape, where you are today, looking at how is this like to affect your target customer and they're buying. Do you need to change your ideal customer profile you know your ideal customer profile today may be look like this um, and if they're the ones that are going to be most affected by this it, you may decide not just to switch off and pivot immediately but actually right let, let's let's guys what we need to do guys and girls in the sales team we need to absolutely be cognizant this could be devastating this could impact our um our typical customer profile in these ways this is you know we look at what what, what's going on generically but look at information that is specific and interpret specific to your business your business model your customer and prepare for it and start you know asking questions start monitoring more closely what's happening Are, are sales now taking slightly longer what what what's the feedback we're getting right and and have a counter plan of if it impacts them, what are we going to do? What if it impacts them a little bit? Where do we backfill? How do we get through this? And what's the plan for the business? What's the plan for the sales um, engagement? Who do we target? Does it change our messaging? Do we need to uh, come up with a different package, for example? You know, are our, is our price point now going to be slightly too high for the interim? Do we sign customers up on, a, on potentially a longer contract and give them a couple of years cheaper at the beginning and ramp it? Do we change that model so it's not flat across the, the <coughs> excuse me, the subscription? Do we repackage something? Can we change the packaging and do a cut down version or something? It, it's being creative and off the page of how do we, how do we, does our customers still want to buy? What's the impact going to have on them and how do we mitigate that? And do we need to pivot to a different type of customer, a different ICP at this point? What would that entail? What would we need to change and start having those conversations and planning for it? Right? And if you don't need to do it, great. You, you already planned. Better to have a plan that you didn't execute upon than needing one that you haven't got. So this is going to sound like an obvious question. So, so who should be having those kinds of discussions? Because you have salespeople out there that are probably not naturally going to be involved in those kind of discussions. They might feel like it's an uphill struggle to have to push those kind of conversations internally. So so who should be having those conversations? And let's get into the detail for that. How, how do you kind of acquire that the information that you need? Yeah, I, I think it's the leaders of the business. The leaders of your business have got to do it. And the sales leaders have got to take some responsibility because you know, whilst it's tactical moves you may have to make, this is something more strategic to the business of the impact it could have. And you're right, that shouldn't be on the shoulders of each salesperson. You can armor up the salespeople for feedback and, and, and for insight and what they're hearing, but you've got to own correlating that and validating, I would suggest that, because it's very easy based on what you said a few moments ago. Think about this, to for salespeople to have conversations with customers prospective customers and it all to be a woe is is us conversation you know the customers are work you know we don't think this and it's all how do you know the customers aren't having that impact and that influence from just the news saying oh my god we're probably going to slow down our buying because of this is there any substance to that or is it just their opinion yeah so so it's a harder one it's a perfect opportunity if you like if you've got key customers that um 
impact your revenue stream. You know, I would suggest if you if you've got 10 customers that are 50 percent of your revenue stream, I would, as a sales leader, be having conversations with them. If I had, if I didn't already have a relationship with them uh, at some level, which I would hope there would, would be if you're larger, larger clients, I would use this as an excuse to have a conversation with those clients that perhaps can impact your revenue the greatest should they change their buying pattern at a senior level as well, peer to peer. And, and you know, that's got to be a professional conversation that the customer views as what a smart move, right? Mm. I want to talk to you as a customer of ours, uh, you know, and, you know, it'd be great to have a call like this or a meeting or whatever. I want to understand you know, how, you know, this, this we all hear the news and stuff, but how it's going to impact your business. And is there anything together we need to do to support each other as, as collaborative partners here? You know, and if you're right. an important supplier to them and they're an important customer to you, that's, that's, surely that's a valid conversation to have to get real insight from their business leaders. So you've got peer to peer talking and they'll have a, they'll be going through the same right. If they've got any sense, they'll be evaluating what the impact is going to be to their business, their revenue stream. And of course, that has a knock on effect potentially to you as a supplier as well, depending what you're supplying them. But if they're going to decide they need to cut costs, or they need to hone down on things over a period, um, you know, that may have a knock on effect to you that you didn't foresee coming. So why not have those conversations now? Hmm. And, and so I don't know what your observation has been. My observation from the discussions I have with several, several sales professionals, leaders and companies is that very few of them, they, they will say that they need to do that, but very few of them do that quite effectively. I don't know if you're seeing that. And, and if you are, why is that so difficult? I think a couple of things, and I'll context this with something else I do. So as a sales leader, and I may have spoken about this, I've certainly spoken about it on, di on different sessions. You know, if, if we lose a, don't win a key prospect that we thought was gonna go ahead, you know, not every customer, but I, I will often, prompt that well can I have a call with them I, hopefully I've been engaged or something during the process anyway but it, even if not um, I'd like to have a call with them and that calls not to try and convince them to change their mind it's to understand did we do something wrong what can we do differently what can we learn from this because we did invest time in this this process together and we haven't been chosen so we don't win the prize but the prize for me now then is any learnings we can get from this so we don't make, fall into the same traps again can you give me that sales leaders don't typically do that either I've, I've observed you know and it's not rocket science but it's getting into the habit of it's an un if it's not in your program to do right you, you just do what you always do and you just keep doing it well it's something slightly different but once you've done it a couple of times and you realize actually it isn't uncomfortable it's not out of the realms and and often the customer and it ends up being a really productive call and building a bit of rapport stroke relationship with someone new even though they're not buying from you right now so i think it's just it's not in in your normal habitual process and it sometimes can feel uncomfortable right and as a sales leader, if, you, if you're not willing to do that and pick up the phone and speak to someone, and, and I've, I've, I always say to people, you know, I'm, I, whilst I have whatever title I've got, I'm not in an ivory tower. I like being hands-on, engaging with customers. You know, if you're a sales leader who has distanced themselves from that and ended up being in the back room with spreadsheets and CRMs and reports, et cetera, yeah, that might be uncomfortable because you're getting back out there and yeah, you're putting your own reputation out there and your salespeople, yeah, are going to look, look to you for how's this going to turn out? What, what are you going to do? 
but you should be leading by example in my view and it, it's a conversation if you're in sales conversations are what it's about so if you're a sales leader or a salesperson that's going to have these conversations how should they structure those conversations so obviously they, they, they're going to go in with a plan right it's not going to be cold so what is that plan? What are the what are the topic points or questions that they should always have prepared and ready to have for those kinds of conversations with customers? So not the prospects that didn't yep. end up buying, but the yep. customers that you're trying to identify, you know, what are the changes in behaviors that's happening there? How are they viewing the recession, et cetera? Are there specific sets of questions that you would advise? I, I think it's about two things. One is transparency, just being upfront. You know, you're talking this is one of my bugbears in sales is that people don't just get down to the basics and go, do you know what? It's a, 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 the interaction is a human being with another human being. Mm. Um, just have a conversation with them, right? Because but we try and dress these things up sometimes and, and go around, around the houses, just cut, you know, cut to the chase, be transparent and tell them that, you know, Dave, I'd like to, you know, Sally, I'd like to be transparent with you in our business you know, like yourselves, you're seeing the news, right? And, and the recession and, and the impact. We think we're in a reasonably good position for what's happening and we've got a good strategy, but we value the input of people like yourselves because you are, you're our lifeblood, you're our customers, you spend the money with us. And, you know, any impact on you could ripple through um, and you may get insights and you have conversations with your in your sector industry, whatever it be, you know, you, you, this is all variable depending on who you're talking to. You will get insights that we don't have access to. And I'd really appreciate your your opinion and your expertise to, to give me your thoughts. Of, of, I'm sure you're having these discussions in your business. Any you can share with me so that I can get a better understanding. Um, and hopefully it may give me some insight for any of our customers that are going to have some challenges. If there's anything, I don't know if there is, that we can do to better support them and engage with them during this process. Mm. Is that not mm. a sensible, just structured, simple, that's why I'm doing it. That's, you know, I want people to go, yeah, that's sensible. And it's a fair question to ask. And also you're valuing my, my input. You're, you're seeing some value. You're not just, I haven't positioned this. Could you tell me what, what the impact might be on, on you from the recession? Because I'm worried about whether your spend changes. Mm. Right, that's great. That's all in it for me. I want a mutual conversation. And, and if there's any insight I can share with you, Sally, in terms of what I'm hearing from other peers of yours, happy to do it. You know, let's have, let's, can we, let's have a conversation about it. That sounds straightforward and sensible. Uh, and I think I think people have, I, I've certainly walked away some with some ideas there, at least, at least on how to structure that conversation, right? What if you come across a buyer who is friendly, honest, you know, they, they're having those kind of adult conversations with you, but their answer is something on the lines of, well, we're, we've, we've now basically have to do two things. Number one is procurement and the CFO is, in, in, is involved in all expenditures, right? Uh, which, which is nothing new. We saw that in 2008 financial mm -hmm. crash, right? So it's not, that's not a new thing. But what if they were to also say, Right now, we have a we have a mandate that we need to look for at least ten to twenty percent uh, cost uh, reduction in spend with each supplier. For example, how would how would a salesperson? Because that would naturally make the salesperson or the sales leader quite um, nervous. H how would you approach? Go, cool, you're putting me on the spot today, right? <laughs> We've got to uh, get practice like, like role play. It's like yeah. it's like role playing, right? Um, <laughs> so, Mo, what what would I say I'll, I'll straight away off the cuff? So, Moed, you know, I really value 
you you being as open to share that with me now. So thank firstly, thank you um, for sharing that. Um, it's not something I can just answer right now, as you can appreciate, uh, because that's a big number. And if all of our customers did, there's a knock on effect there. But let me tell you this, you know, we, we, we've got, you're an important customer to us. I believe we've got a good working relationship together and we want to work together in partnership with you. So let's have some conversations around what your supply is going to look like um, and how together we can both come through this in, uh, you know, hopefully with a stronger relationship because of how we work that out together. Mm. Um, and you might be thrown in, you know, during COVID, you know, we supported you. It might be that during COVID you did things for them and you're going to call back on the favour. Who knows? So, but without any other context on it, I would sidestep any anything right now. Be very thankful for sharing that with me and being upfront because they're not going to expect you to say, thank you for telling me you want more discount. Well, no, but you're, you're telling me something. And the earlier you tell me that, the better because mm. at least it's not a surprise three weeks down. Yeah, right, great. Um, let's have some conversations around that. Now, if if I already knew the numbers and what they're producing, whatever, you know, I, I'd start going into, you know, well, what's your supply going to look like? Because this is the level you're at at the moment, you know, for, in order to do that, and it depends on your business model and what works for your business. Is it something where if they were to order Ford more, in advance is there another break point on the pricing which they could achieve so in effect you're not actually giving them anything that you wouldn't have given them anyway but what you are going to do is take more business up front perhaps you know you need to take to give me a year's supply up front and you stock it, it and, and we can move into a different price band maybe you know there's lots of different ways of approaching it it also obviously impacts on what level of margin you're on because there is a point where you know a you're not going to agree to any movement b certainly not that was a big level of discount you know we all oh, we want 10 or 20 percent off well my opinion of, of things like that when they come is that was a nice round number round numbers now if he'd said you know we we need to get about 7.4 to 7.7 percent average reduction across all our suppliers some therefore will be more some less because we know margins are different in different uh, types of business um and that's what we're working for we'd look then great i can work with that but to say well we need 10 or 20 percent straight away it's like great yeah, that's that's just easy to to throw out there. Um, it's mm. too too round a number and too wide a banding. So you you sort of fell into the trap there of give give me a clue of okay you want something, but no not everyone's going to roll over and give that right. But it's a conversation to be had. If you're a salesperson, that's also the point. Depending again what what options you've got open to you and how hard that feels, that if it's a lot, an important customer is a prime one where I'd bring a sales leader in. You know, if that's mm. one of my salespeople, I'd say the easy way you do there is to say, well, look, I'm going to need to involve someone in the business because that's that's a big ask. And let's have those discussions and bring someone in if, if, if need be who's more experienced in having a more senior discussion with their business. And it may be that your sales leader or someone in your business has more senior contacts there because you described it as being procurement. Well, remember, procurement's job is to get for their business the best structured deal it doesn't mean the bet you know ridiculous deal because they, if they've got sense they want to look after the supplier for a long-term relationship as well but is to structure the best long-term relationship and optimal um, transactions for their business hmm. you know and often they get given targets in procurement for reducing spend by a certain amount and hit this and you get a bonus and all this stuff so recession is going to be an easy excuse for anyone to say yeah well look there's a recession on what, what price you're doing 
and to apply pressure using that as leverage, the same as many tried to do with COVID, is because of this third party thing that we all know, and it's all oh, look at the gloom and doom, I'm going to use that as leverage in this conversation and throw that at you and see how you react. And, and some salespeople will just roll over and go, oh my God, gloom and doom. Uh, 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 I've got to give them another 10 because if not, we're, we're not going to get the business. Well, well, is it easy for them to change? You know, have you got value with them that, no, you can't just switch. Depends on your product, right? If, it, if, it, if it's toilet rolls, is there a lot of differential? If it's a very complex embedded system, well, and it's critical to their business to operate, that ain't going anywhere. So, mm. so, so it's a variable thing. It's not easy to give a stock answer, right? But I think it's the approach you take with it that's sensible, respectful to that individual, but also thinks about the realities and, again, doesn't get drawn into the, oh, my God, there's a recession. This customer's told me they need 10% discount. I believe it. And now I'm working out how I do it. No, that makes sense. So essentially, you know, acknowledge and thank them for the fact that they're sharing this with you because they're sharing it with you earlier, theoretically. Do the other great sales approach, which is ask more questions to under uncover exactly what's behind that. Yep. And then the other thing you talk to at the end is actually know the value of both what you provide, but also where it's positioned for the buyer as well within the macro environment. So is your product something that's easily transferable to another to a competitor? Uh, or, or is it something that's going to be very painful for them to do? And therefore that gives you leverage. So knowing your own value and what you do for the buyer and how embedded you are with the buyer is also an important part of that consideration because are they bluffing with you, et cetera? How far yep. are they willing to push? How far can you push back? So those also are understand your things. market, right? Because even if it is a commodity product where um, there's not a lock -in, lot of lock-in value, if mm. you know your market, it, well enough is a competitor you could just be the i know a competitor is not going to go to that price either even though yeah. they want to win the business there's a point at which you're not going to do bad business nor is a competitor just to win a cut you know they're not going to do a deal that loses the money to win a customer you know how's that salesperson going to justify that to their business well done i've just gone and won this new client but we're doing it at minus cost right what what mm. so so it's it's you know you don't believe everything you heard and don't get drawn in by this is happening in the market therefore i'm expecting people to ask i was expecting them to ask for a big discount well they did and now you've self-validating it because you're expecting it and because they've asked it must be real and now i better do something about it step back ask your colleagues what's happening with with similar businesses if you've got them as customers because typically your icp will be have some commonality um well none of the others are doing that is the biz check out their financials Oh, they've just they've just reported uh, growth this year, and they're doing really, really well. And they're and check out oh, they're recruiting another thirty X Y Z people in the next six months. I can see it on their website. Hang on a second, you know this business is isn't in um, desperation. So yeah, they've got to look at costs for a recession. But have they really been told to reduce all costs by that much? And and at what whatever cost of relationship? Mm. No, probably not. So it's do your diligence and and put it in context of reality of that individual discussion and transaction not the perceived reality of the news which is very generic right mm -hmm. the world goes on the world went on during covid you know look at covid saying all, all the airlines are going to go bust and da, 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 all the things we were news that we've all forgotten now things that were going to happen that actually weren't quite as bad as they made it out was going to be the impact and we're, we're now on flights again and we're now mixing again 
and it all mm. seems in a dim distant past yes there was an impact but the world didn't stop and we got through it now this, this this is the next thing brexit was the same right yes it had an impact but we all fought through it we mitigated it had some impacts don't get drawn into the hype that it's all gloom and doom and it's therefore every bad thing that looks bad is bad it may not be qualify and qualify as hard if not harder than you ever would have done before ask lots of questions dig in around it because if something isn't in truth if you dig around and ask the right questions you're going to figure that out right that's the job mm. of a good salesperson yeah so that yeah that's super super valuable and interesting here if we think about what you've described so far in terms of getting ready for a session what you need to do to prepare for a session right um if we think about it in terms of categories so the first category you talked about was almost let's call it mindset right it's about um, having that balance of optimism without um without being delusional right um so i use the word optimism instead of positivity because sometimes positivity can, can just become delusional so optimism yeah. was one customer was the other which included knowing your ideal customer profile what's going to change having those conversations with your customers that was the other uh, category let's call it the other category you talked about was pricing right pricing and product do, do i need to adapt our pricing to support our customers through this what are the structures of the deals that we we should be prepared to flex on based upon certain circumstances so it seemed to be three categories there mindset customer and the pricing what other categories should sales professionals look at when it comes to this uh when it comes to preparing for a session well i think the big one that uh, goes across all of it for me is conversation and, and by that i mean conversation like we're talking now um, not electronic uh, communication is engage and converse with people because you'll get feeling out of it right and you'll you'll get emotion out of it what's happening oh crikey we're having these uh, talk to them about it and qualification so conversation and qualification ha have conversations where you're asking lots of sensible questions and you're finding out the realities that's going on and you're getting and therefore from that you'll get understanding from conversation qualification questioning you will get a better understanding of the reality that is going to affect is relevant to you your your market your customers your business and that's what matters not the fact that oh my god this is ha happening da, da, da. okay but how does it relate to me how does it relate to us what that's the key thing that's important not the generic stuff right you know how's it how's it going to affect us and therefore what do we need to do if anything to mitigate um, against the risks involved here because the more you understand that the more information and insight you can get the more you can figure out you know other edge cases and there may be in your customer base edge cases where because of what who they who their market is or their customer is they're going to be greatly affected but your other customers are going to be fine because actually they're not affected by what's going on in the recession because they i don't know they their customers are high net worth individuals who don't get affected by this stuff which we can all debate and argue about but or you know there's certain things even in recession that people need and don't get affected so so you've got to figure that out is is it all of your customer base that's going to impact you um, what is the truth of this 
And the only way you can do that is by getting out there and talking to people and understanding it and not just reading. You can't go, go online and Google it, right? Well, if you go online and Google something, any symptom you've got is going to be, you could be running to the hospital with panicking, right? Because you'll, you'll get the headline pieces, but not everything points to the same. So the same with this, right? Oh, massive recession, gloom and doom, X number of years, we're all, we're all screwed. Oh mm. God. Right. Okay. Oh, oh God. Okay. Or, well, I've spoken to my clients and I've spoken to this and I've understood their impact. Yes, there's some risks to them, but the, it's going to be uh, minimal because of this. This client's really going to, is, is in danger. And that's what they represent to our, they're 12% of our revenue. So let's factor in, we could at very worst case, lose totally 12% of our revenue if they, if they totally went elsewhere or do we mitigate that and we do, we do something and we figure a structure out with them? You know, how do you mitigate that impact? But the maximum impact therefore is 12%, 12 to, or you might factor in 12 to 20% with some padding. Okay, that's big, but that's not gonna kill us. And if it does happen, what do we need to do? What's the knock on effect and what actions we'd need to take or we should take now to protect against that impacting our business, mm, mm. right? But it, it's doing it yeah. with insight and information that's relevant to you not generic stuff which may not be okay so that's the fourth one which is conversations you haven't mentioned uh, skills uh, developing skills um competencies uh, and i'm curious what are your thoughts around how people should approach that when it comes to the recession so whether you're a sales leader or, or whether you're i mean maybe we could start with uh, you know sellers themselves people that have a quota how should they think about their own competencies and skills in preparation for a recession. So I'm not so sure if you're good, it, it varies than if it wasn't a recession, right? Because for me, and again, I speak about this often, to be good salespeople, there are some fundamentals that if you're good at and you hone and you practice and you focus on, they'll carry you through this. Look, what I was talking about is conversation. So I see too, too much uh, customer engagement going on electronically and we're all foul of that and, and I'm not going to say in the past I haven't done it right but it's very easy to fall into the trap of email conversation email communication mm. apologies and, and thinking it's a conversation and oh yeah we've had emails go back 10 times from the customer and I, I've seen this with any business I've worked with with salespeople, and, and those that have worked with and for me will, will recognize this where I've seen the customer asks a question about something or send some information over and they just reply, oh, here you go, here's, here's that information. They don't ask why the information, what are you going to do with it? What's the relevance? They just say, oh, oh, oh I'll put something together for them and give them it. I'm serve, I'm just serving up and ticking a box there. I've, got, I've progressed it. Not necessarily. Why didn't you just reply and say, that's, that's uh, interesting. I've got some stuff on that, but to make sure I get you the right information, why don't we jump on a quick call and have a conversation with them, right? And you can ask questions. And the more questions you ask and the sensible questions, you get more insight and information as to where, where this could go together. So I think that's the biggie and, and, and whatever happens, whether it was COVID or anything, I've said to salespeople, have more conversations with customers, not everything, some stuff email has its place, right? Absolutely, it's a blend of the two, but think, should this be a conversation because it's about something meaningful? It's not just, yeah, is, is the meeting still on at 10 tomorrow? You don't have to phone them for that, right? that's the, yeah yes confer yeah absolutely look forward to speaking that's fine um I'm, I'm really curious about can you tell me how you do this in your in your system and how it comes up with those sort of um answers absolutely can let's jump on a call let, let's have a conversation because 
the first thing I'm going to ask is it's really, really pleased that you're interested to understand more. What, what, what's behind it? Why do you want to understand? What, what's behind you asking that question? Oh, my boss asked me, because da, 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 da. Oh, okay. Well, why don't we get him on the call then? You know, it, it's basic selling. Conversation mm. ha needs, you need to have more conversation and you need to be better at questioning, you know, and, and get rid of happy. There's too many salespeople ask a couple of questions. Hear what they want to hear is in terms of, oh yeah, can we look at can we look at this or can we can we trial your system or whatever it is, and see that as a positive. Okay, appreciate you'd like to trial it. That is something that's possible. What is it you're looking to trial and why? What are you, what are you looking to achieve from this? As opposed to, yeah, absolutely. Let me set you up on a trial and I'll call you in three weeks and see how you've kicked the tires and what's happened with no control, no understanding of why you're doing it. Mm. It's fundamentals, right? More conversations, more questions, and this is the things like this are times to do it these are not times to hide behind email these are the times you should be having conversations because perceivably they're harder conversations because they're about you know you could argue sensitive subjects you you've mentioned conversations quite a lot so so i really want to get into the heart of this mm. right and, and i know what your answers are going to be because we've had we've had, you and i've had this discussion before but for the benefit of the viewers and listeners if com if having good quality conversations is so ubiquitous and so important what are the fundamental skills or behaviors or attitude that will make you a better sales conversationist or questioner well you hit part of it in the question in, in what you said then is the questioning so there's so many fundamentals to this right so two ears one mouth mm -hmm. that, right it should be a conversation not a pitch Mm -hmm. number of sales where oh you know this this is the pitch we use it kills me when i hit, even hear those words it's no um it shouldn't be about your product or solution it should be about uh disc, you know outcomes challenges problems which may lead to something you can do um, but too often and i'm sure um, people will recognize this and i've had customers say this in, in, in fact interesting well, i'll give an example in a second too often the um conversation goes let's ask some questions let's get a, a few bits of insight of information and now let me flip it that's great now let me tell you about us da, da, da. Uh, right that's not a converse, conversation it's let me get to my pitch and i remember one example so this to put it into context where uh, a number of years ago maybe crikey maybe seven eight years ago now a, a very specific one because of how this meeting went an individual came to see uh, me in the business being my salesperson they were looking at competitors who are you know we we didn't have the brand these other three had major brands global we were we were the david and, and three goliaths came in and i said look we, we can show you loads of stuff we do we can show you presentations and, and demo and we'll show you that before we get to that if it's relevant to get to that can, can we ask about and understand the business problem? Why are you doing this at all? Why have you taken the trouble to see us and ask lots of questions and find out together where the fit is and the value? Does that make sense? Yeah, we spent two hours asking questions, conversation. Well, why would you want to do it that way? Have you thought about anything different? Right. At the end, that individual, I remember this, we hadn't shown anything, turned around and said, do you know what, I'm exhausted. The questions have been brilliant. I'm tired. Um, and you've asked questions that none of the others asked, that some that I don't even know the answer to about my own project. So this has been really valuable to me. And yeah, and now we ended up winning that project. It's not just because of that, but we knew we were, whether we, we, we were qualifying, are we a good fit together? Not, 
I'm assuming I'm a good fit together. Give me a few things so I can start selling to you. Mm. And that individual then said, do you know what the other three did? And they did exactly what I just said is they asked, they asked this little bit of questions. They went through their standard piece and as fast as they could, they wanted to show how wonderful we are. Here's all our logos and show me stuff. Mm. Right. And that's a habit salespeople get into is show and tell. And it has its place. You can't jump on a, on a call, for example, with a prospect and just go barrage them with questions and then do nothing. But there's a balance. A conversation is a balance. And we're talking here. It's not com- it's a bit of a conversation, but it's a different medium, right? It's a podcast. But um, there is a balance in, in those of mutual, both of you coming out with mutual insight and mutual benefit from that call, from that meeting. Hmm. And I think that gets lost. And it's no different going into recession discussions, pandemic discussions, whatever it is. If you're good at the fundamentals, building rapport, asking questions and having a conversation and making the conversation real, right? Not a salesperson's conversation, a typical salesperson's conversation. People see it all the time. And it's like, yeah, as opposed to it was a business person to a business person having some engagement and figuring out together if there's anything any actions or anything to do together or whatever but also learning some stuff from each other yeah i would agree yeah this is my the time has really flown here uh in um there's a, a huge huge number of things valuable things that you've shared here and uh you know luckily i've got a note-taking system that's captured all that and i hope our viewers and listeners have done so as well i have a i have a quick question i want to ask which i ask all our sure. guests when they come on the show uh, which three books would you recommend that uh, our viewers and listeners really must read? Crikey, I wish you'd pre-warned me with that one. Um, um, so it might be ones that I'd asked, answered last time I was on because I can't remember what it was a little while ago. So crikey. Um, well, maybe they're the three most recent books that you've read that really impressed you. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Business. So, so ones that come to mind, and I'll do, I'll do easy ones. So I do Social Selling by Tim Hughes. He's just released uh, an updated version of that because um, the world keeps changing. Um, but that uh, addresses the misuse of salespeople of social selling um, and what they think they're doing, which doesn't work, and and, what, and how it really works pretty simply. Um, yeah. The million pounds. Yeah, I mean, pa- we're going to have him on the show actually soon. Ah, so uh, uh, yeah, so I got a well. sneak preview of that new book. So I would, yeah, I would agree with there you, you on that for sure. Um, a million pound LinkedIn message. It, it's sort of a parallel to that by Dan Disney. Dan Dan's uh, speak called to speak all over the place. He might be someone you want to get on as well, because mm-hmm. um, Dan's. Uh, great speaker on it and he's is self bought himself in, in into this world and just through his own passion figured out how way he can give value and created his own business and, and brand around it yeah those, those are two good ones that have been out out there and good simple reads that, that they're not heavy and you'll get insight from and get some snippets quick wins from yeah great love it um how can our viewers and listeners learn more about you and uh, get in contact Sure. Thank you. Yeah, easy. If you go to ianmoyce.co.uk or ianmoyce.cloud, that'll take you to my two main social profiles where you can follow and engage. Uh, Ian, thank you so much for coming on again and and sharing your pearls of wisdom in, in just a, a few short minutes. But uh, I think that was incredibly valuable. So, so thank you again for coming on, Ian. Murray, thank you so much for inviting me. Take care. 
Thank you. So this is Mohid Amin signing off. If you are interested in how to um, get growth certainty and how to use strategies, principles and tools that are proven to be successful, then do look at our programs uh, in terms of the neuroscience of selling and the process for decision making and how you can reverse engineer that. Links in the show notes if you want to contact me. But until the next episode, thank you for being a listener.